Hi, Christian. Oh, welcome to Network Capital. We are really excited to host you on our podcast. In this podcast, we try and uh, deconstruct uh, mental models and career principles. And you've had a very interesting and challenging journey thus far, inspiring and challenging both. Um, could you tell us a bit about uh, what you do and how you got here? Just a high-level overview, and then we're going to dive into specific aspects of each component. Sure, and uh, Utkash, thanks for having me. Um, well, um, this, I mean, if you were to open up my LinkedIn profile right now, it would have one big word on it right now. It's uh, It would spell out donuts. And like literally the, uh, the fried, slightly fatty uh, pastry concoction, uh, that you, that you love to divulge, and essentially that has been has been my go-to venture uh, of the past couple of months, um, where I design a better kind of donut, and um, uh, and essentially try to to come up besides the activity of making donuts, but also come up with a business, um, and ultimately try uh, try to scale that up. Um, but what I've done before that was something vastly different. I'm, I don't have training in that whatsoever. Um, before that, I was uh, 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 I was content licensing or a, basically a film buyer for Amazon Prime Video in the UK and did that for uh, close to three years. Um, have been with Amazon for a total of six years. And that that is straight coming out of INSEAD. During INSEAD, um, I did an internship at Google uh, leading up to INSEAD, I was at advertising agencies in Toronto, Canada, where I lived for 16 years. And even prior to that, I had, uh, I founded a couple of um, agencies or media production companies on my own. One of them was together with my wife at that point. Um, and even even further back, uh, I grew up in Germany until the age of 17, until my parents, uh, let's say, shipped me off to Canada to go there initially just to study for two years English and then come back, but pretty much similar, similar to, uh, to what my, my siblings did, never went back to Germany. Um, and, and, and yeah, that's, that's me in a nutshell. That's the official version. What um, a fascinating journey, like multicultural, multi-international, different sectors, uh, and now donuts. So tell us more about uh, Donuts and Amazon, and then we're going to go sequentially back to Google and other aspects of your life. Sure. Um, well, Donuts started off uh, very, I'd say, innocently uh, without the dire consequences that it has today um, for, uh, for my life or for my or making a living, let's say. Where, you know, two, week, um, two years ago, I couldn't find a donut that I liked in London, so I started, you know, um, uh, trying around uh, and figure out where, where to find one where, or like in different countries and then starting my own recipes and iterating through some uh, some 50 recipe iterations and 3,000 donuts later uh, that I then fed to family and friends. And, um, and all the way to essentially late last year when I then started trading officially at street food markets in, uh, in London. And just you know, to get that direct customer feedback and whether this was a product slightly smaller, different taste profile, a little bit healthier, although it's still a fried food and uh, premium topics, ideally um, toppings, ideally. Uh, and just to see whether it was received well. And, you know, that was let's say that was good enough for me to say, I think I've got something here that I can work with and that I can build on 
and also to to actively learn in the process of setting up a, like a mini shop. In a sense, it's almost like you you you, know, you stage your own or you play uh, setting up your shop. Um, and 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 with that, then you just you learn so much by doing. Um, and and I, I use the term play or like almost staging it uh, on purpose because in a sense it was a bit of a uh, it's been a bit of a refuge for me to to start something or to develop something that was so vastly different um, than what I did before. And and I mean mind you I said I started this two years ago. At that point it was a slightly different uh, perspective that I had until um, tell us about that perspective what how has the perspective changed in the past two years when did you leave amazon and how easy or difficult was it to leave a prestigious high-paying job to move into a sector that's uncharted by a top mba um well um uh, essentially i've over the past let's say year and a half i faced some personal and some professional challenges where things in my life started to reorient themselves in ways that where that in ways that didn't align with my with the framework that I was used to in terms of the um, and when I say framework what are the things that define for you or the principles that define for you what's right and wrong um, what do you the things that that uh, that you determine that are worthwhile going after um, the things that you deem or define as successful, obviously very much informed by the, the context or the environment that you're living, the people that you have around you. So a few things happened um, that say to me that um, that led me to make a decision that I need to make some drastic changes in my life. And I use the term happened to me because very often that's the perception that uh, you know people make certain decisions or you are you're being exposed to certain behavior um, or you, you witness something where you say why is this being done to me but ultimately it's it's a two-way street in the same way um, oh I, let, me, let me put it this way um, it is so absolutely crucial that at some point you recognize regardless of what happens uh, around you or, or, the, or what you interact with, that you need to, that you need to take responsibility for, for your own, that you need to be accountable. And at that point, uh, I made the decision that I just needed to do a completely 180 and uh, just go, or at least go in a very, very different direction. So this is a, ch- a time when you're reorienting your mental models, thought processes at a time where you're going through, as you mentioned, um, or were going through personal and professional challenges. Um, yeah. What were some tips and tricks that helped you deal with your mental health better or take care of yourself, for the lack of better words? Um, you need to, as always in life, you need to orient yourself um, around something or you need to you, you need to go for something. Um and another way of putting that is uh, there is like you need to see or you need to find a certain purpose in your life. And when I say purpose, I don't mean as in, you know, here's used um, solving world hunger or um, uh, here's this big problem that I'm uh, that I'm 
um, that I'm solving. But even like think even more minuscule, even smaller, like you are, you will get up and you will have, let's say, a structured or disciplined uh, process to your life or to your even to your morning when you um, when you're focused on something, when you believe there's a purpose for me to get up. And without that, you're going to float. Um, so the moment you feel you are floating, you feel that I, I'm not entirely sure how I'm calibrated, what's important to me right now, what should I be going after? Um, at that stage, like you need to, I think you need to actually distance yourself from whatever you're facing right there, right then and then. Um, and you need to get clarity around this, uh, where you are at that point and what are the various venues that you could um, uh, travel in or the paths that you could take to, um, to you know, essentially to, uh, to focus on a particular target or objective or, uh, or purpose, as I said earlier. Um, just picking up on, uh, because I don't feel like I answered that question earlier, in terms of, uh, what do you say, top-notch MBA, I think you were talking about me. Um, uh, so top MBA students uh, coming from a prestigious company like Amazon and now doing donuts. I mean, that was very much by design. And that's where the, 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 the meaning of this, let's call it this venture or this undertaking that I'm a part of now, of building a donut company, um, was so important and also changed its meaning for me that I wanted to move away from the, essentially what I knew, what I, what I thought I was comfortable with, to do something vastly different and to be challenged and to be uncomfortable in a different way. And, um, and also not necessarily adhere to the same uh, preconceived notions or let's call them conventions that are kind of tied to, you know, you, you got to be in one of the, the, the fan companies, sexy job, sexy profession, sexy company. Um, it, it, you, you kind of adhere and go after all of these uh, uh, definitions of, of success or milestones in terms of have you made it um, until you realize this is actually, this, is, this isn't necessarily healthy for me, what I'm doing right now. And so Donuts gave me a, um, a, just a, a, a vastly different uh, focus um, and, and opportunity to get my hands dirty and be challenged in a way that I hadn't been challenged before. Um, but to, to go back to your question just now, like understand where you are and yes, uh, how you got there and where you've come from is, is a part of that, but it shouldn't be the, the uh, it shouldn't be anything that holds you back. So understand where you are and then find ways to, to orient or reorient yourself to be able to go after something different that you deem worthwhile at that point. Oh, absolutely. Ex running after external validations is a short, short way to be have a miserable life. Um, I mean, more uh, college and business school programs need to focus on that. But, uh, you know, I mean, let's flip this question and explore the market when you decided to start something in donuts and essentially transformed your passion into a job. It's also a huge market or is it or do you feel it's a competitive market? How would your MBA brain 
how did your MBA brain tell you to sort of map out this business? Or is it a business or is it still a passion project? It um, depends on what day you ask me. Um, but uh, like, let, let's say it should be a business. Um, it's something that should be taken uh, seriously and, and should be treated like, like something worthwhile and, and for that matter, a business. And when we talk about business or when I, when I use the term business, I actually make a differentiation between the activity of uh, like making donuts and the, like the passion, as you mentioned as well, um, that kind of drives that, uh, let's say, on a, on a day-to-day basis uh, and discovering new flavors and new ways to improve certain aspects of the, of the whole food experience. And then there's the business itself where you say, okay, let's assume we have a product that people actually like and where the margins are there. And um, <clears throat> now how do we, how do we build a, a uh, excuse me, <clears throat> how do we build a, like a brand story, a narrative around that? Um, how do we scale it up? What are the challenges with, you know, moving this from a, like a one man or like a, uh, like a mom and pop shop type activity to a business that uh, where, where other individuals could be employed, where it serves as a, you know, as, as people kind of delve into the, let's say the founder story, et cetera, and how that company hopefully will have ultimately grown to find that as a source of inspiration. And, and also understand that the, the growing pains associated with a, with a small business um, and, and how to raise it up properly. Um, it doesn't actually matter whether you do donuts or, like a, va- or, or a vastly uh, different or other product. I mean, I recall quite vividly, even just a few weeks or months back, just thinking of, my goodness, how do I get a food uh, safety rating? in the, 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 the small kitchen that I'm, that I'm using for this purpose right now? How do I wrap my head around the, the various uh, employment liability and uh, public liability and uh, insurance? Um, how do I approach the market? It's a bit of a chicken and the egg, as in if I, do, I think I need to start at a market to get to a better market. But if, I, if I'm not at a market already, so like how do I get my foot in the door? Um, so it's, it's, it's a lot of persistence that, that went into that, a lot of just, you know, like blasting it out in terms of you just email everybody, you just, uh, you just call up the local authority as far as the food safety rating is concerned. You have conversations with them, like all of these knowledge gaps, you just, you just keep on going after the individuals or let's say the parties that you think would know best or better. And very often that's also people who've done this before. Um, so, um, and I would imagine like in addition to so much of uh, labor, it's also capital involved. So how did you think through the capital requirements? Because now I understand you also have a physical location in London. Um, where are you right now in terms of scale of operations? Where do you wish to take it? And uh, That's, that that sounds so big, scale of operations. <laughs> so, um, so yes, yeah, so a physical location as far as a uh, like a street food pop up um, is is concerned. So where I would trade and I would I would find uh, like a helper, like either either a friend who's uh, food safety trained or or even some of the folks who, who work in this, uh, or veterans who work in this community, um, where I'd uh, uh, set up shop 
for let's say one or two days at a time at uh, a local street food market. So most recently and coming up next week, for example, I'm going to be at uh, Brick Lane, um, the Brick Lane or Truman Brewery's upmarket. So that's, that's smack in the middle of the city. Whereas in December, uh, for a couple of weekends, I was at a at a like a proper street food market, like out on the street uh, at like five degrees Celsius. Um, in like it felt like a little bit in the middle of nowhere uh doesn't matter though what that helped me initially was to just get a really good grip uh, and understanding uh of the just the just the simple process of setting up a stall and doing like an on-site uh production of of the product how to serve it how to communicate with customers etc um that uh, so, so I don't have necessarily a physical uh, shop yet. Uh, I think that's something that will probably come. You know, let's give it two to three months, uh, where I would then say, you know, what I'm going to do a, a pop-up shop, like a short-term lease for four to six weeks, and then also delve a little bit into a, a more diversified uh, offering. And and with that, or well, the purpose of that is also to to differentiate yourself from all the other players um, that are in the market. I mean, this, this goes back to, to what you uh, touched on earlier in terms of, is there a market? Um, there definitely is a market um, as, as long as you do something slightly different uh, and maybe read a little bit the trends that are on the street in terms of um, more, like more conscious choices around uh, consumption of any type of food, healthier choices, uh, let's say better ingredients, um, I mentioned earlier, like a smaller form factor, for example, where it doesn't feel like a huge commitment every time you hold like a donut in your hand that's somewhere like three to four inches, so nine to 12 centimeters in diameter. And you're like, should I have a real meal or should I have a donut? Um, like give give customers uh, choices around that. And I think that's also something that I then picked up from, uh, let's say, my previous life. Like Amazon is is certainly one, if not the most customer-obsessed company, as it hails itself to be as well, uh, in the world. And it's, there's just, I mean, what it what that taught me is to 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 always kind of revert back to a question around: Would this be in the interest of the customer? Would this be um, uh, what what purpose would this serve if I have a certain product being offered in that particular way? Uh, is there a problem that I'm solving? Um, so, yeah. And um, I think there's a lot of novelty in the story as well. So I think as you try and change the way donut is consumed um, in London, I feel that the underlying story of it is a huge selling factor as well. I'm sure you've been to um, the Seattle uh, farmer's market where they do this whole song and dance about the way they um, this ship, like where the fish uh, is exchanged hands. And I think the whole yeah. drawing of it is just watching it in action. Same for donuts. I mean, I've seen it once uh, being actually made somewhere near Cambridge. And uh, I, I remember that moment quite fondly. So I think uh, this is absolutely true in addition to what you said. I mean, the way you consume reimagining that could be, um, could be an important well, success. That, I mean, you touched on the spectacle of, you know, fish being thrown from, from one end of the 
the hull to to the other kind of like it's like flying fish past your head kind of thing. And it and I mean the even the fact that you just mentioned it, which means it was memorable. Um, I mean that's and that's, that's certainly one aspect. Um, I, uh, but as you as you started that um, that statement or that questioner um, in terms of building or developing a different product, um, I mean we, especially coming out of um, out of MBA school, um, we're kind of being drilled or conditioned to come up with something or to develop something that is. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to call it super new, you know, something that hasn't been there before. Uh ideally that's digital. Um uh very often I mean that goes now in the direction of fintech and uh on the other hand there is a lot of opportunity I think in looking at uh, well established products where you'd say you know I realize this has been like this for you know I don't know how many years. I don't know how long the donut has been around uh, at this point, mind you, but it's, I think it dates back to like early uh, 20th or even 19th century. Um, but the way you could say this isn't this isn't a you know 21st century type of invention here. This is a an extremely simple, almost like 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 what you associate with a donut is almost like this is what your kids eat. Right. Um, so almost like a childish product, but there is room to actually um, to, to 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 get kind of go deep on and say, I'm going to do something very different here. And if I do it right and I put certain um, uh, milestones or even checks, let's say checks in place where I'd say, is this going in the right direction? Um, I think there is there's so much that you can do uh, with products that seem almost uh, naive, I want to say, because that's what it is. Like it's, it's just a stupid little donut. But there's like I, I found a way to just wrap my head around it in, 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 um, in terms of uh, like pretty much everything, just taking the whole thing apart and putting it back together um and it doesn't like you don't always need to flock uh towards like this this again this definition of sexy of hasn't been there before like, there's a lot of room for improvement with a lot of with the like a ton of things that we already have in our lives oh absolutely you can reimagine the product the process the business model the experience a lot of it is open to disruption you just need to see it differently um let me, let me actually yeah add, add to that and um as far as this particular like this example because i mean this is this is just my thing it doesn't mean that you know donut is going to save the world but as just as far as this example is concerned like when we talk about a donut everybody knows what a donut is you don't have to explain it to anybody um where the explaining happens and mind you that's also one of the lessons that i've i have been learning and that's still going on is the more you change i mean that's when you start uh having to explain it to people and because even today like there's still some folks who come by let's call it the shop and like what is this i'm like okay the giant sign says donuts the price board says donuts. It says donuts on the description right next to the donuts. And you're still asking me what it is. So um, 
uh, you know, th that's where I have to be careful that I don't change too many things at once and all of a sudden call it something different, for example. But um, it, gets, it, is, it is so awesome that when I talk to anybody about this is what I'm doing right now, that they pretty much know, at least have a good um, uh, fundamental understanding of what it is that I'm talking about. And then all of a sudden you can engage in a conversation around here's how I'm doing it differently and, and better and, um, you know, and here's the opportunity. You can literally explain your product without using any buzzwords, product, service, and company, which is a huge advantage in a way, if you look at it that way. Definitely, yeah. Yeah, there's no, no synergy uh, in this company yet. Um, tell me, when you applied for an MBA, um, what kind of career had you imagined for yourself and uh, how much of your uh, project, future projection turned out to be true and how much did it change? Now that you're out five, six years, in what ways has your life been different than you imagined and what way is it the same? Um, there, there are probably two parts to this answer. Uh, number one, um, it's, uh, if, if, okay, first of all, it's, it's totally different from what I expected. Uh, like that's the headline for the first part. The, the headline for the second part is, uh, I had no clue really. Um, I, I knew why I wanted to go to business school because I believed, um, that if I found a way to, um, be more structured around the, like my, it's called it my creative juices or my, uh, my creativity, um, that I, that I could, that I, that I should be better at monetizing that, capitalizing that, making a living out of it. Um, what that uh, assumes though, even the way I just phrased that is that I didn't necessarily had confidence in, in my abilities going into school. So getting an MBA was, was my attempt to be more structured around how I would apply my skills or talent or whatever you want to call it at that point, like the things that I was heavily focused and engaged, heavily focused on and engaged in up to that point. Um, but leading up to it, um, and I, mind you, I still have that today in, in, in mind you, in a different way. Um, like for me, going to business school was extremely daunting, like where I'd all of a sudden have to uh, get into uh, accounting and finance. And even up, like up to that point, I'd be like, I, I can barely balance my own uh, checking or bank account. So now I'm going to be exposed to all of this stuff and it's highly quantitative. And like this is I like I will I feel like I'm signing my my creativity away here and all of a sudden come out of as, as a vastly different person than, um, than, than what I thought I'd be. So it's kind of, and even like, I feel like I just contradicted myself because as in, I went in with one hope, but ultimately had a different fear. Um, but it, it, but you did uh, really well, right? You got an internship in Google, a great job at Amazon. Um, in what ways did you surprise yourself? Um, well, one, one big surprise was that, uh, I didn't lose myself, um, during the experience, um, uh, meaning that 
I, although engaging in, um, in course, courses or like focusing at least academically on uh, coursework that was so just vastly, let's call it out of my league, um, there were still opportunities for me to apply my creativity um, and also actually through that uh, connect with the, uh, the, the community there where I think people understood uh, came to understand who I was, what I stood for, what I was uh, uh, interested in, what I was passionate about, etc. Um, and that was a surprise that um, uh, kind of halfway through it, and um, I mean, you may know this, like the Inset Cabaret, you know, which is the self-organized theatrical uh, event at some point during the school year. I mean, there are people obviously have to organize it. And I all of a sudden found myself uh, organizing the, um, the, uh, this event together with a few other people uh, who were extremely patient with me at that point. Um, and actually, at the end of the night, I, I remember distinctly, uh, distinctly that. And I looked back and said, wow, I thought I, I would I, I would now shed, shed a part of me in this um, during this year at business school, but ultimately I feel I'm, I'm more myself than I've ever been. Uh, and with the benefit of the structure that this education uh, was, to, uh, was, to, was to give you or to some extent even impose on you. Um, I think that was, that was probably the biggest That is surprise. a profound thought. I mean, you know, you, you retain the core elements of yourself and still... Uh, augmented by different facets. What was, uh, in addition to the academic component of it, uh, what was the most uh, memorable part of your business school experience and what challenged you the most? Um, memorable part and what challenged me the most? Um, well, the memorable part is certainly um, as in what sticks and what you kind of go back to are the people, um, yeah. the um, the connections you forge, and that isn't and that doesn't mean it was always uh, it wasn't always a party, um, but also the fact that you lived through what is it like a, like a high pressure environment and, and and a very challenging year because it's so short um not not necessarily because it's academically so challenging it's just you have a ton of stuff crammed into a, a fairly short period of time and to live through that with individuals who have equally committed themselves to living through that and 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 let's call it uh, create value along the way meaning you work with each other, you, you want to achieve good slash great results. Uh, you also want to get to know the people around you and through that have an overall extremely uh, enriching experience. So it's it's certainly the people and, and the memories associated uh, with those people that sticks. Um, um, and then the, the second part was the most challenging aspect, right? Yeah. Um, It's, um, I felt like you answered you. that to some extent with, because prioritizing so much is uh, scheduled in such a short period of time that when you do something, you, you have to let go of the other. 
Um, but you know, well, you know, if there's any advice that you have for prospective B school applicants, what might that be? What should be they they be careful of? Well, there are certain, and I think that might actually segue into as in you know what's the what's the the big takeaway uh, from business school? Um, maybe is there like one of the big lesson learned, not just for me but also for a lot of people around me, was um, what are the things you say no to? What are what are the close what are the doors that you are willing to close, and how do you determine that? Um, I mean, we we generally live in a, uh, in, a in an age of FOMO. Uh, like I even see this actually at the food market where you have like 30 different offerings, and you walk through there, and I, as in I have that for myself, and you end up not buying or eating anything because you're like, if I eat this, then I can't eat any of the other stuff. And in the same way, um, you go to school uh, or you go to, you, you, you commit yourself to this experience. And at that point, you're like, there, there are only so many things that you can do. And there are actually even, aside from what you are able to do or capacity wise uh, that you can squeeze in, there are even fewer things that are actually healthy for you. Healthy for you, meaning they don't drain you. They don't take anything away from you, but they, else, they, they ideally leave you with something at the end where you say, I'm glad I did this, uh, which doesn't mean it, it has to be academic, but it, it can also be just like being with people or, or just kind of like a fun aspect. Um, so to, to be more specific, to answer your question, um, the, I think the biggest challenge was how do you prioritize? How do you... Uh, allocate your time, your resources, your energy, um, your attention in a way um, that you walk out of a room or out of a session or out of a year richer than um, than before. Uh, and what are the things that you say no to? And very often um, these would be defined by your context, by as in the external world, by what you think is expected of you. Um, and um, I think the, the moment you, you're being put in a high pressure situation, you come to very quickly realize what is actually important to you. Uh, and very similar, like, like I lived in the past year and a bit, uh, what are the choices that I need to make in order to be healthy and come out of this uh, as, as a, a bit more of a human being than I was before? How is your uh, day different from the day you started, say, working at Amazon to today? Say, first day one at Amazon and day one at your full-fledged commitment to the donut company. Um, today, I love getting up um, because I am um, not because I didn't like my job uh, at Amazon. I love my job at Amazon. I like uh, mind you, I had three different roles during my six years at Amazon. Um, Could you just tell us what those roles were and what briefly, and then move to this answering this question? Sure. Um, so coming actually straight out of uh, this school, um, a month and a half later, I started Amazon as uh, the, the, the sexy title is head of marketing for uh, a, a retail category, essentially the PC category, so selling computers and and per, uh, peripherals, et cetera. Um, the, the official title was uh, senior site merchandiser. Um, did that for a year and a half. 
um, and it was essentially the the customer facing um, campaigns um, that that I would oversee, um, and at that point also coming up with a like a seasonal uh, gift guides. And because I mean, if there's one thing that Amazon might not be great at is you uh, finding stuff while casually browsing it. I mean, it's it's awesome in terms of its product offering if you know what you're looking for. But if you go there, it's like, I, I need to buy a printer. I don't necessarily know what printer to buy uh, or any product for that matter. You're like, you're not necessarily going to get expert advice on Amazon. Um, and I think that's where brick and mortar still really kicks ass uh, right. in, in most cases. But um, so I did that for a year and a half uh, and then moved to the what's called the Amazon Marketplace team, um, predominantly looking after Chinese sellers selling into Europe and everything that's associated with that, such as how fast uh, or how can you accelerate shipping? Can you decrease shipping costs, product quality, product safety, customer service? Um, counterfeit issues, compliance issues. Uh, like in the UK, for example, you're only allowed to uh, sell an electrical device with a three-prong uh, plug. But the moment something comes from somewhere else, even uh, somewhere else in Europe, and it only has a, t- a two-pin plug, uh, it's deemed illegal. And like there's a ton of stuff that you can wrap your head around where you say, okay, between uh, a customer not knowing where this product comes from and it arrives as if it was somewhere uh, in a, uh, coming out of fulfillment center, you know, 10 miles from here, as opposed to this coming from halfway around the world, you know, what are the what are the challenges that we need to tackle? So did that for eight months, and at that point, um, actually my boss left the business, and I didn't feel like uh, remotely reporting into somebody because I had done this in my previous role for a number of months as well. And in that regard, Amazon is awesome because there's this major flexibility around you moving around, moving around within the company into different roles and something opened up in Prime Video. And for me, there was a, an opportunity to get back into a creative business. Uh, and at that stage um, in, what is it, May 2016, I became the, the, the lead licensor or buyer for films or for movies. Uh, in the UK, again, very different from what I'd done before, um, but it was just as I mean, and, and again, like another instant where you could say I, I kissed the floor that I walked on, because it was <laughs> just such an awesome, awesome activity. Um, the difference um, between getting up today versus getting up at that point was that, um, like today, it all comes down to me, um, and. Um, and that's a blessing and a curse, uh, a blessing in a sense of, you know, this is like you, you can be this is all you um, and nobody's telling you what to do. Um, and there's a there's a uh, like a path of discovery associated with that. There's you doing things in a new and different way. And you can, you know, you, you can do it at your own pace, et cetera. And that's not necessarily always a good thing. Uh, but it also occurs because the like the momentum starts and ends with you, um, as opposed to being embedded in 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 a in a corporate environment where you can tap into other people pulling you along. Uh, if you run your own company, um, that like like the, the, essentially, if you have a let's say an off day where you're like I'm not feeling it, well everything stops. Um, 
So you almost need to psych yourself up uh, at times artificially to really to, to push hard and, and keep going. Um, but ultimately, every little success, and mind you, that's another reason why, I, let's say, it shows donuts or a like a direct-to-consumer product. Like every little success, like knowing that, you know, you made something today that wasn't there yesterday or even a few hours ago. Uh, and or you look at your your daily reports in terms of your your turnover, et cetera. Um, like it's so, so very gratifying and rewarding to have these small successes along the way, which is also what gets you up um, the next day then, as opposed to you kind you contributing something significant, but ultimately very, very small and tiny to uh, a, a, a very, you know, large, uh, like moving vessel, which questions would, would they really notice if you weren't around, right? Yeah. And this is uh, such a, a, such a helpful analysis because you are somebody who, you know, did so well in the corporate career. But yeah, these are very different uh, paths. I think once you've tasted freedom and the joy of creation, it's very difficult to find joy in, uh, you know, some of the other procedural tasks, other strategic tasks even. Utkar, um, I'm not, I'm not sure I did well, to be honest. Um, and that's why. So when we started this, um, this uh, conversation, I said, you know, if you check my LinkedIn profiles, and he would be kind of the narrative, and it, it looks. It looks promising, uh, but uh, and I think that's where um, this becomes important for your listeners as well. Um, the like, if I look back and say, you know, wh- how did I perform? How did I do? Was I successful? There are many instances where I'd say I, I could have done something differently. Um, I could have done better, um, and. Uh, what plays into that as well then um although as an like an absolute term or definition of here's my my job let's say working in the film industry which is like the ultimate conversation starter anywhere you go um but then you still look around and you compare yourself to other people as in how did i do uh, how much money am i making am i moving the needle is what i'm doing important um, so those those questions actually don't go away, um, and at the same time, I like uh, so I'm I'm not necessarily um, uh, disagreeing with you. Like uh, if I look at my my past, there's so much to be grateful for. There are so many opportunities where where people actually reached out to me, remembering me from earlier conversations or from us working together and saying, hey. You know, here's this opportunity. I think you'd be great for it. Uh, like, I'm not negating any of that, but uh, I'm certainly not, uh, even, even with that mindset of, you know, uh, count your blessings and, and look back at where you've come from and everything that you were privileged and blessed to do. Um, there, is, um, there isn't necessarily a feeling of, you know, for, for the, the stage that I am in my life, I've made it. Um, that, uh, yeah, I don't, yeah, that's that's a pipe dream. Oh, hats off for such a growth mindset. But I'll stick, to, uh, still stick to the point that you did really well. You may not have been perfect, but I think perfection is not something one should strive for because then one stops 
keeps growing, no? Um, well, you can strive for perfection. Uh, just realize that you don't, uh, you won't necessarily get there. Uh, I mean, the same way as in, I'm trying to make the perfect donut. Have I arrived at that point? No, I think I've, you know, I've, I've found ways to improve the product, but um, I haven't arrived. Um, you, I think you need to uh, enjoy the striving part, though. So the process, you need to be, um, you need to understand and at that point commit to what it is that you're doing on a on a daily basis, let's say, to to get you closer to that ideal, um, as opposed to uh, and even actually as I used that word, I was thinking of another word like an an idol. If you turn that ideal into an idol, with, that actually means you are now you're almost you don't care about the process anymore, but you're going after this 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 super definition of a thing. And if you don't get there, it's super disappointing. Um, and so um, the, the striving part, I think, is super important. Uh, striving for perfection, I, uh, as long as you know what that is, uh, and knowing that it's uh, it's abstract. Um, but yeah, I think that that's fine. But the moment you get lost and you're like, you know, actually, I don't like what I'm doing. I just want to have the payoff. Which also means you're looking for shortcuts, and which also means you're you may be all of a sudden willing to compromise uh, on certain ethics or principles, or you know just to get there faster. Um, and I'm not saying that that's the case, but as in all of a sudden, if you're just you know, going for the goalpost, but you don't actually in, invest or commit to the process of getting there, um, that that becomes a, a, a yeah, that becomes a very tedious uh, undertaking. Um, in the past five, six, seven years, I'm sure that this path of trying to, uh, you know, find yourself, make an impact, um, would have ex- led to lots of highs and lots of lows. Who have been some of your mentors or thought partners and uh, how have they helped you develop or shape your vision? Um, you know, um, that, like, if you asked me that question a year ago, as opposed to today, or even in a year from now, I'd probably give you a different answer every single time. Um, like I'm somebody who gets, and I'm obviously, you know, in part, uh, based on me talking about creativity and getting excited about it, a donut, um, and, and like, you can probably tell that I, I, I get excited by certain things quite easily in the same way. I also look for people who have excelled at certain things. Um, so it's actually it's super difficult for me to to give you a, a list of names because there wouldn't be anybody on there where I'd say you know this this person really uh, is is perfect and, yeah, and maybe that's not to be a person. that's not your yeah, question fine. yeah no absolutely um, point well taken um I think there there are gosh. You know, I, I could go down the cliche route like, you know, there's Steve Jobs and there's an Elon Musk, um, there's a Peter Thiel, and all of them are somehow, you know, uh, technology, uh, again, you know, back to sexy land. 
Um, but I think what I appreciate about these people and a, and a lot of other people, I'm also talking about, um, God, I forgot his first name, Freeman, the guy who founded Blue Bottle in, um, in the US. It was like this uber expensive uh, coffee, but it's, yeah, it's so just... Yeah, it was bought by Nescafe for a billion dollars. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's just, um, A, there's a commitment to... Uh, the process and to and and there is a vision around coming up with something that's better um, and I'd say more or less for all of them if you read some of their and actually mind you that's also the case for Jeff Bezos certainly is um, if you read their story there there were many instances where they had to acknowledge that they were wrong and then it, I think it's the the decisions you make after, at that point is in okay we need to we need to pivot here and I need to reorient myself slash we haven't achieved what we wanted to achieve or I haven't achieved what I wanted to achieve uh, which could be a definition of failure at that point and how do you then uh, grow out of this and how do you emerge out of this how do you weather uh, adversity or the challenges in your life. Um, and I mean, all of these individuals are are fairly extreme in what they've accomplished. Uh, at the same time, um, I, I certainly don't know all the closet, uh, all the skeletons in their closets. But um, yeah, but they have certain parts, sure. Uh, but I, I really appreciate the, the commitment to or the, the the commitment that they've shown, um, and. Uh, in the same way, I mean, uh, or somebody else I can think of in the in the same vein is, uh, I think, a gentleman by the name of John Wood, who's ex Microsoft, who does, um, uh, who started a charity some, I want to say, 10 or 15 years ago, uh, and it, uh, it, it all started with him delivering books to uh, libraries or to schools, and the. Uh, and the developing world because that's what they needed most is access to knowledge. And he committed his, uh, his life to that charity. Uh, and you could argue, well, great coming out of a, a very privileged or uh, let's say resource rich or resource endowed uh, starting point. Uh, and mind you, in all fairness, it's not much different from me coming out of uh, the track that 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 I that I was on with the various companies that I worked at um, to now do something uh, that's vastly different, but uh, with that you know, show the commitment that um, that that it takes to 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 make that happen and to make it something worthwhile. Um, I, on that note, in terms of uh, starting out of a a, a privileged um, uh, uh, corner, let's say, or or starting point. Um, you, you, earlier, you asked, you know, a financially a heavy investment um, to start a new venture. I mean, that was one of the reasons, and I just want to touch on that. One of the reasons why I said, okay, I can do this this donut thing, and I'll start it off as a street food business, because you don't need to rent, you don't need to have a five-year lease and buy fifty thousand pounds or dollars worth of equipment to to essentially get into a like a, let's call it a proof of concept phase with a what is ultimately a very simple product. Um, I mean, my investment in this company at this point 
uh, aside from the time that I've invested in, uh, still is probably somewhere in the four digits. Um, and it's, it is something that is already keeping me busy for most of my week. Uh, but bit by bit, and, I, and I've structured it in, in that way on purpose, um, I told myself, you know, if I had hit a certain milestone where I, I believe this is still worth pursuing, I'm going to invest a little more into it and I'm going to take a little bit more risk. So you don't have to, um, you know, uh, put put it all in one basket and say, you know what, uh, um, I mean, at least not for this particular uh, business or this idea, but there are there are ways to go in quite carefully um, and uh, to, to accommodate a fairly risk-averse um, perspective until you say, you know what, now I've got, I've got a story here where I, I can go big. Or um, maybe even at some point say, I'm going to approach an investor community uh, because uh, I believe this is a, a business that's going to be worth $100 million in five or 10 years from now. Um, but to get there, you need to, you need to have a, a credible uh, story or a credible narrative. Uh, uh, that doesn't mean you need to spend you know, tons and tons and tons of cash. One of my mentors once told me that you should uh, um, think big and act small. So I think uh, that sort of applies to where you started. It's a small scale operation with a huge potential. Yeah. Um, and even that took me a while uh, to get there. And again, to differentiate between uh, the, here's the activity of running a donut shop versus here's me building a donut business. Um, and it's a little bit, um, you, know, you know, applying a, like a bottoms up approach, which basically would be, you know, how many donuts do I need to sell in order to make a living? Um, and how, how do I then set up shop and all that versus a top down approach where you'd say, okay, if this was a hundred million dollar business in uh, again five to ten years from now, and we assume there are X number of locations, uh, and we know what the numbers behind it are in terms of uh, um, uh, profit margins, in terms of fixed costs, uh, in and it's just uh, capital expenditures, etc. Um, what would this look like, and is this is this a realistic scenario? Um, and the moment I adopted that approach, at least for uh, a part time of my um, of taking the time just to think through the business and, and, and creating a vision and a narrative and ultimately a business plan with that, um, that's that's when I it became a little bit more of a holistic story for me. So I totally agree with you in terms of think big, act small. Uh, X small also as in you know you come you come out of a humble beginning, uh, but that doesn't mean that you have a uh, you don't have a big appetite to create something big. Absolutely, um, Christian. We're coming towards the close of the podcast. Um, could you any final piece of advice for young professionals thinking about business school or their careers at large? You've already shared such uh, important principles. I was wondering if there's anything else you'd like to add. Um, yeah, uh, sure. <laughs> I mean, uh, it's, it's um, certainly for the, let's say, the, the audience that you just touched on, but also uh, it, I don't think that counts for anybody. I mean, at this point, I am in my early 40s, and this is what I'm sharing, what I'm about to share will be as fresh for those folks 
um, as for young people, as in, like, uh, I think number one is, who, like, who are you? Do you know who you are? Um, and I think that's super important, not just as in, uh, don't, let's say, don't believe everything that you think, but actually um, watch yourself um, or monitor yourself in terms of your thoughts um, and where those come from, what is prompting them. Uh, but more importantly, um, if you don't have a clear understanding uh, necessarily of who you are, why is it you believe that somebody else will know you better than yourself? Means, which means um, like we, we very often look to other people to have the answers, to guide us, to direct us and almost idolize them um, to the extent that uh, we, we, uh, we expect them to be absolutely fault-free. Uh, but at the same time, we completely ignore the fact that they don't live our lives. Like You have not lived your life before. So it's okay that you don't have all the answers. It's okay that you actually fail in many aspects. As long as you draw a, a conclusion or a takeaway from that and you you let it help you build you up and at the same time uh don't look to other people to have all the answers or to not screw up um because the moment they they screw up and you you know put them on this pedestal you can rest assured that that house of cards of yours will come crashing down um so look to other people for guidance and for advice but don't expect other people to make decisions for you. And in the same way, don't be too hard on yourself if you don't have um, if you don't have all the answers. And uh, as far as uh, those folks uh, um, aspiring to go to business school is concerned, um, don't expect business school to teach you or to give you all the answers either. Like I think um, I can't speak for you, but I'm just gonna like make that assumption. I don't think we came out of business school having all the answers or having a, a huge like, oh, a wealth of knowledge that we didn't have before. I think what business school taught us to be was to be more critical and to ask better questions and to really take the time and take in the, the context of a given scenario. And with that, then um, to to be, to be better at uh, discovering um, what the answer to a to an uh, important question may be. I couldn't agree with you more. Thank you so much for your time. It was such a pleasure uh, learning from you and uh, catching up after a while. This podcast will go out to about 100,000 people around the world, and I'm sure they'll uh, benefit a ton. Thank you very much. Thank you so much, Rukesh. Take care.